0: Hello, and welcome to episode 15 of The Dive. On last week's episode, we previewed Rift Rivals, and we were right about everything. Actually, if you go back and watch it, it's incredible. No, Check it out. Yeah, it was a little off, but uh, we're going to have the benefit of hindsight and kind of recap the Rift Rivals from across the world.
1: And we had to do it from the past. We didn't see, you know, mm-hmm. that people one had won those Enough excuses,
2: games. Enough excuses, Azale. We're also going to move on to big patch, actually, 714. Quite a few changes that will probably affect competitive. Yeah, I
1: definitely think it will. And then, as always, it's going to talk about NALCS.
0: Coming back this week, yeah. But first off, we're gonna do NA versus EU. Gotta start with global news, Jet. There that we go. is the global news. That's NA what I'm was saying. 12 and 6 in group stage and mm-hmm. 3 and 0 uh, against unicorns of love in the end. Even with all of our pre-tournament excuses of jet lag and sickness and new patch. even and with and like practice
2: added on to stomping them, we also still have those excuses being yeah. valid. Cloud9 got super sick. <laughs> the the jet lag was very real. Yeah. It was uh it, it was, was
1: pretty big. It was actually kinda of funny talking to some of the P1 guys before they had played to like we're screwed, we're gonna we're so tired, and we're they all actually dead. Were, they had
2: to play the Sunday LCS and yeah. then fly out mm-hmm. a day later yeah. even. They
0: thought they were gonna get slammed. Well, okay, let's where where to start? Why? <laughs> Why was the pre tournament expectation so different than the results?
1: I Is I mean I, I think honestly like we saw that there are answers to the play styles and stuff that some of these uh, European teams are using. G2, to be fair, was not having their strongest split, right? Like, they're doing a lot worse than they were anyway, so I think expectations were lower for them. But for Fnatic and UOL, we're kind of looking at them. They dismantle all the European teams, and it's it's hard to make the prediction that it's like, well, if they smash all the European teams you're essentially saying that all of ULCS sucks if if we're predicting that NA is just gonna come in there and dismantle them and make it look like you know, it's it's a place all that doesn't work. And that's essentially what happened is is that they showed answers to these playstyles. Fanatics playstyle did not work. UOL's like crazy aggression and stuff, while they had some successful moments, it, it didn't work, right? It just didn't show uh, in the same way that I think it showed in the EU L C S. And I guess that for for now at least the NALCS had a better read on perhaps the meta and actually how to
2: play against those teams. I think one of the biggest things that affected the uh pre-tournament expectations were the standings going into it and the teams that we were actually sending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the biggest factors was the turmoil that we we're having in North America, you know, the rise of SEALs CL- and Immortals after the big trade uh, caused yep. both those teams to rise up very quickly. And that, you know, has to come with someone else falling down. Cloud9, NTSM, you know, had to scrap their way through the beginnings. And we're not even sending our top three teams mm-hmm. uh, anymore as Phoenix 1 fell all the yep. way down to, you know, tied Eighth. for last yeah. place there for a while.
0: Yeah, well, the nice thing for NA that I think did contribute is, right, Phoenix 1 resurged essentially right before they, they attended Rift Rivals. They were third place in the spring split. Not too far. They surge by beating Immortals. They beat Immortals, right? I mean, if we're saying that we weren't setting our top teams and then Phoenix 1 beat Immortals, and then I think they also beat Envy or someone towards the bottom of the standings that week. TSM also won like five or six matches in a row, uh, aside from the loss to Cloud9. And then Cloud9 was the lowest performing team. So I do feel like there was definitely some almost over-indexing on world's results or even g2's Mm -hmm. best of five against w8 msi which swung our like vision of the leagues a little bit off not to mention like the tremendous trash talk that was coming out of the european region right i feel like all of it (laughs) impacted the way we were seeing it because it made us look past the things like 7-1 in the past year and a half or you know all the infrastructure upgrades na has made or that's even reaching further in the past
2: then if you're talking about made us look past the even longer history that's that's further ago. I don't yeah. I don't know about.
1: To me, it's like you're talking about standings. UOL was first in their group. Yeah. Fnatic is first in their group. Yep. Right. It's it's recency. I think, recency. I it, think yeah. that was a, a big thing. Um, like going into the event, I essentially you know after P1 won their last two games, you know going into it, I was like, okay, they can maybe get a couple wins. Win a couple I think uh, TSM and C9 are, are going to do probably fine, but I think Fnatic's going to win. Right. That's that's essentially where I was like sitting going into the event um, because Fnatic had just looked better right but it, it's mm-hmm. very hard uh to actually you know compare like it's not comparing apples to apples because Fnatic is not playing tsm every week and having mm-hmm. that record Fnatic is playing the other teams in their region having that record and and i think the real test uh actually of the strength of the eulcs and of the strength of the regions is can Fnatic go back to the eulcs and and just do the same thing and continue to win. Because if they end, if they can, that's very concerning for the ULCS. But maybe, hey, they just need to adapt and 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 kind of show some of the answers that some of the NA teams did. Because I then,
2: that, I don't think that they will. Uh, you don't think they'll even those, try? Yeah, those players are, like, traumatized after Rift Rivals. <laughs> did you talk to any of them? I talked to a couple of them at the studio, like, as they're walking out. Like, they, the European is an upheaval right now, the European yeah. LCS. Yeah. I
0: mean, even talking with trashies sometimes towards the analyst desk, like, I mean, on air, you could see how they're just like, wow, this is, this happened. Like yeah. it, it, we, we felt, Kobe mentioned he felt bad with how sad everyone was on the, Not bad.
2: I didn't feel bad. I felt a little you guilty, felt guilty yeah. right?
0: because every analyst desk was invariably like one of us shocks, like two European yeah. player guys sitting there, like, you're all happy. <laughs> oh man, Europe sucks. And you're just like. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'd rather say NA is good, but you're gonna be sad right now, so I'm gonna try not to gloat. Uh. And I, your thing that you brought up earlier too
2: about all the trash talk beforehand, uh, it it I think that was actually a pretty big factor too. Um, you know, obviously we are more critical of our own league heading into it, so mm-hmm. that you know was some of those uh, expectations. But also, it, it like if someone is trash talking you for that long, if that with that intensity, then it kind of, some of it was kind of. <laughs> Start to seep in your mentality, down, right? It's like abusive relationship. Yeah. They keep telling you you're, you're like, Maybe dumb, dumb, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you, you know, start to think <laughs> you're dumb. Uh, you know what
1: actually? To, to be fair though, I, I also want to talk about the fact that I think the NA teams just objectively performed well. Like I think TSM yeah. actually just played well and played well as a team. And and it's hard to know how much is because of the competition, how much is just because them playing. I mean, like you know, Sven is like, oh, oh, how how come you could play all these jugs that weren't really seen? He's like, ah, oh, well, because these jungles suck. So I, I mean, but how much is 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 it actually that, and how much is it they just perform well? Because I think TSM looked better than they had all split at yeah. Rift Rivals. I thought they just, as a team, performed very well.
2: That's why I think, to your earlier point about, you know, will Fnatic go back to the USS and do the same thing? I think it's even more interesting. Will the teams come back from Rift Rivals um, and look better and keep those improvements, or yeah. was it because the European teams had worse vision, they had worse macro game, they were, you know, more indecisive? junglers is actually a very big topic because our junglers were super proactive and very successful with you know a lot of early games uh whereas theirs were not
0: yeah what's uh, it going to look like what, i got one little thing but i'll let you get
1: into it but like <laughs> I, I don't i don't think that there's any guarantees because look at msi right both yep. clg best international performance for n.a ever come back <laughs> do an awful in n.a g2 probably i mean mm-hmm. best recent international performance you could at yep. least say three and three and then they come back they're sucking right so it's it's international success does not equate to regional success whether it's uh, getting cocky getting lazy uh, you know different circumstances different metas whatever you want to say it doesn't always doesn't always equate
0: yeah and there there are totally different teams and a one thing i will say is this was a 4 day event with a 3 day group stage where teams played two best of ones a day so even with that like we're trying to say these results showed it it could have been a little bit of random variability but yeah. with it <laughs> <laughs> no, there is. I think there's random variables you, you, within there. There is, With but how it was decisive 15 to 6. the victory was. I, oh yeah, I'm it pre- was. It was pretty decisive. NA was clearly <laughs> better than EU, but like, and a couple of those EU wins were dicey. Yeah, a couple of the NA wins were dicey too. Yep. So, uh, but like, you saw the, the Drake stats, for instance. Yeah. It was like forty vision to ten. Stats. Uh, vision stats placing about fifteen to twenty percent more control words. Like, it definitely felt like NA was playing in a stylistically just better way than the European teams. Uh, but I don't want to we we've done this before where you have uh, like an IEM Katowice when TSM won the World Championship in 2015 was a similarly length event uh, to something like Rift Rivals. So I want to make sure that we're not like crowning NA greater than EU because by the time Worlds rolls around it what? could What that's still the whole back. point of the event. <laughs> we are crowning, they're crowned. <laughs> they crown yeah, crowns they on they their heads. The they Rift did it Rivals for us. Champions. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I have plus, to say though, plus it's TSM, TSM. Event. Plus, the event uh, was largely considered uh, competitive scrims, if that makes sense, right? So I'm curious to see. I know from the— from the, I, how, the just, how the I disagree yeah. with
2: a lot of what you're saying. <laughs> I disagree with a lot of what you're saying. First all right. of all, that's why you look beyond the stats, and that's why you look beyond just the the look results to the, of the greatness game. of our region. If you yeah. watch the actual Any, how the, the games greatness. played out— Mm-hmm. North American teams had control ninety percent of the time in yep. all the games. Even the ones that they did lose, are yeah. saying, like the European loss uh wins, they were behind mm-hmm. in gold every single Literally every single early game. Yeah. Like but does all that
0: mean cash. that come Worlds, the same thing will happen again? No. no it's, ne- it's, it never yeah, means that. That's you- essentially what I'm saying is like, <laughs> yeah. don't over extrapolate. Well, it's, it's just this. like,
1: you know, just because Worlds one year we perform doesn't mean we're, we're going to perform next year, right? Yeah, of you course. can't cheapen
2: what they did, though. Yeah. Correct. That. So, right, Correct.
1: right now, I North America is certainly much stronger than Europe. I think we can say that. G2, yep. I expect them to be really good come Worlds. I don't think that this is the level that they've shown, and they've been very good for a long time. So, I'm expecting G2 to bounce back and be a top team that is as good or better than what we're sending from from North America come Worlds, right? Like, they, they're a team that has shown that. Maybe that's not going to happen, but they have months to prepare, and the meta changes, right? Mm-hmm. So, we'll see how these teams can adapt. You don't think Fnatic's going to try the same style? Maybe they can just play a standard style and just be that good, right? Like, they have strong players.
2: Yeah, I think at, at least Soaz is going to force he them to change mad. the type of play that they have. I do think that Reckless
0: will I don't blame need him. to use these, like, hipster AD yeah. carries. You don't blame though. him for saying he's never going to play, like, I can't play Jen. this dog champion Against good teams, <laughs> dude. Jen's the second most picked band champion in the world yeah, for top lane. Like, are I, you I telling can, me can, that champion is the reason you lost? I, I can understand That's the frustration tilt. because, yeah, it's, of course
1: it's tilt, but I can understand the frustration because. Shen loses, like, every single lane matchup in the whole game, and if you feel like you're better than your opponent in the 1v1, yeah. not saying it's true, but if you feel like that, there's nothing you can do to carry the game, really, in, in a 1v1 scenario, right? So it's like, I can understand being like, oh, I'm, I'm way better than this guy, now I'm just gonna play the carries, I'm gonna smash him, you right? You can carry with Shen. <laughs> Maybe he I, should I try it. Not, not in Shen. a 1v1.
0: Correct, but, like, that's not the game! You play yeah. team fights. But, but I, I it is a lot the of the time, but, is oh, that
1: you, get, you just get locked in these just 1v1s, and you're just pushed under your turret.
2: Maybe he like, should try some jacks, like, my boy Huni, and yeah, that worked. Speaking out well. of which, do you want to talk about the other Rift Rivals? Because I thought uh, they results do you to, were actually really interesting. We want to talk really, about really in, individual teams at
0: all from Rift Rivals, from NAU stuff, or do we want to just go straight into LCK? We're going to talk about the NA teams, uh, like in the NA-LCS in NA LCS yeah. section. Uh, Fnatic Tilt is one thing. Uh, I think we could go into N- to the LCK LPL because it the yeah. same type of like reactions to results. This was. Far crazier to me yeah. than NA yes. beating AU. Because we talked in the Rift Rivals preview. Let's quick
1: shot. Like, yeah, as yeah, much yeah. as
0: EU was favored, and we even said that EU will probably win Rift Rivals, we were like, we would not be super surprised if NA was able to win this, because the yeah. regions are actually pretty close. We're thinking thinking ahead. <laughs> LPL, LCK, though, it was, it's, it's a foregone conclusion that LCK yeah. was going to win.
1: You you expect LCK like all formats aside, this their theirs was a more random format I think than the NA one, right? This was not SKT playing a best of five to finish it, uh, in which case SKT probably wins every single time. But even with this format, mm-hmm. I would bet on LCK nine out of ten times, yeah, right, like. Like I, I think that they. What
2: happened on that one time?
1: You had the one time they weird, lost. One
0: time it happened.
2: Weird breakfast yeah, so or The, decided, the formats, I'm gonna
1: go with LBL. Yeah. yeah. NAEU was just like a big group stage into i I'm saying they played it ten five. times. Kobe China wins once, and that's what happened. <laughs> it ha- you you said nine
2: out of ten times you would bet on LCK. So one time you You're would not. You're gonna bet, bet on LCK. LCK. Right, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I was, I was really
1: hungover or something, Kobe. I'm got, really glad we
0: spent the time to Yeah, we gotta clarify that. Uh difference in the format for those of you that just watched the NAEU format. Uh There were three regions that all sent four teams. So the group stage, like, you didn't actually see that big of a spread of teams playing each other. Like, LCK, I believe, only dropped two games in the group stage. I think Samsung lost one, or KT lost one of the games. And then I think MVP lost one of the games. LPL sucked in group stage. Yeah. I mean, EDG didn't win a single game in group stage. Then EDG opens up the best of five. They beat Samsung. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then SKT opens up against Team WE. They lose. KT is the one winner and then MVP comes out and they lose to RNG. So it's over because they were doing that, that format where everyone has to play everyone else in the best of five. And then you have an, uh, like, what, what's the name of it if it goes to five games? Uh, ace match. It's an ace match where you just pick your you best. You can bring SKT out again or whatever. Uh, but even that, like, it is still, in essence, LPL beating the LCK in a best of five. Yeah. It's just a bunch of best of ones in sequence. So still hugely unlikely, but why do you think it happened?
1: I mean, I I think that the teams a like prepared well, and I think that they just played super well on the days. I also think that you know there's there's some picks and stuff that are less consistent. Like SKT did play Jax, if I recall correctly.
0: Yep. I mean, and Jax, Jax played Casio and Fed first blood and stuff. Yeah, I mean,
1: Jax is, is a is a pick where it's like it can be very hit or miss. Like if you can't, it's it's not like a standard team fighting like most safe thing. Like maybe they're trying some stuff. Maybe they think it was actually the best pick that they could do in this scenario. Um I like. I personally think that it's like J4 and Jax is what they were picking. It's actually really hard for Jax early, so then you're already locking yourself into a situation where you have to like go really late, and then you know the fact that like figures getting killed and some things are going bad means the game can snowball out of control much more easily because you know right. Jax is a pick that can't just like group and and just team fight your way out of that very well. So I think that it's partially picks. I think it's really good preparation. You know, hearing about. Um, some of the, like, the LPL coaches are all working together and talking, okay, what what team actually matches up best with each play style, and that's how they're going to target it and stuff. So I think it really was truly like the Rift Rivals thing, and that's why I think that format is really cool.
2: Yeah, and the other thing is that, uh, well, coming out, uh, yes, the Korean teams are like, you know, the fans are being super mean basically mm. now, and a, a, a lot of excuses You're or terrible. reasons and, and things are coming out, but another one... Was that the LCK teams or the LCK coaching staff or something um, didn't really want to divert a lot of time to like paying attention or or yeah. you know, wasting time wasting time on, on this event and they were they kept talking about how yeah LCK is you know the more important thing and mm-hmm. stuff like that so then you start questions of how much did they concentrate on it how much did they practice or, or mm-hmm. prep like that yeah.
0: um, and I think you can't ask matches. the same questions like technically uh, over either rift rivals right like whether it's yeah. naeu or whether it's lpl lck i do really love that format though mm-hmm. um although really more although it does make the group stage a little bit irrelevant like essentially the group stage seeded the lck into the final because the lms had to play the lbl beforehand but what happened is essentially uh lck and lpl played the group stage about as one-sidedly as naeu would have but then it would have been a world where UOL wins the final over TSM like 3-1 to one, is essentially what happened in the LPL-LCK mm-hmm. thing. And if that happened, like if we're looking at that from the outside, we would have been like battle the Atlantic all over again where one team wins like half of the tournament and the other team ends up walking away with the trophy. I kind of feel like that's what happened here, yeah. right? LCK still did win the group stage very decisively, and then they ended up losing the final. So I think it makes Worlds way more exciting but I don't want to <laughs> crown LPL the greatest region in the world or anything crazy like
1: that. No, I mean, you certainly can't do that. And certainly, like, it's odds-on favorites for for Korea at Worlds, et cetera, right? You know, in, in a, in a longer-form format, you're going to bet on those teams. And it's also something you have to keep in mind where it's— uh, I think this is a good reminder. Sometimes everyone kind of, like, correlates SKT success with LCK success, right? Mm-hmm. Like. The LCK is not 10 SKTs, right? There's one. There's one team that's that. And then there teams like MVP and stuff are not nearly on the level of SKT and
2: and even Samsung they in have, my the, opinion. The top teams right now are real are do are like are very significantly good though. Like the top they are, probably mm. like 5.
1: So maybe. so who who are the people that you put on that level cuz right now to me it's like I can see like SKT, Samsung, I can see maybe like, you know, like, KT or something. Yeah, like those, definitely three, those three. But teams. I think I like that there's too. I think there's a big drop off past those personally. Um, all I'm saying is that it's like, you know, there's, there's a lot of teams, I think top teams from around the world that can match up with like an MVP or something like that. Right. It's not the same as, as having to play SKT five times. And I think that's something that people should keep in mind while it's clearly the best region, they have the best teams. Oh, really? Uh,
2: They're not all SKT? No, but, but I mean, <laughs> Some pe- of them people, are people
1: get in that mind, right? It's like people get in that mindset. People talk about, you see you see comments where it's like, oh, first place NA, oh, you wouldn't even be 10th place in LCK, you'd be challenger. But it's like, that's trash. That's wrong. Like, there's the top teams from around the world can compete with these teams. Uh, there's a couple that are clearly at a higher tier, but it's not the whole league.
0: I want to close it off uh, with a quick shot tweet. What's more unbelievable, based on pre-tournament expectations? Yeah, this me was and Isaac were talking about uh, winning this Rift one. One. or LPL winning yeah, Rift Rift is, Rift Are you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> it's clearly LPL.
1: That's what I responded to the tweet. I'm like, anyone <laughs> who's voting for NA is trolling. Like, clearly uh NA beating EU yes it was uh, an upset we all predicted that EU was going to win but this was
2: like ooh 55 45 right like yeah. LCK to LPL but is like 90 10 the thing to me this that actually shows how much you know the mindset of you know not even just european fans but like the european casters how, how yeah. dead set they were yeah. on like they are so much better that they thought the gap between NA and EU was comparable to the gap between Korea...
0: And uh, anyone else. And, I mean... And anyone else. Quickshot <laughs> does like to say things just to incite That's conversation, true. like, pretty often. I think That's we're getting true. incited. And, and, and anyway, and this be one figured us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and to be fair, it's, like, he, he's a European caster. Most of his yeah. followers are going to be European, so they're going to be more likely to be uh, salty.
0: Yeah. Will Phoenix1 win Worlds? I yes. think is... is That's like, very uh, clear. That's uh, what we've uh, learned uh, from
1: uh, Riff Rivals. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're 4-2. LCK lost at theirs, so... There
0: you go. Moving on to the meta and state of the game, we're going to be talking about patch 714 and quick jump onto Urgot because the rework was announced and we got to see basically the kit and the videos. What do you guys think?
1: Uh, I think it looks pretty cool. I actually think it's really fun. And it's, I, one of the things I've been noticing with some of the newer champions is it's like the thematic, like the feeling of the character. I think is more there. Like it feels really cool. It's like this like horror monster thing. Like mm-hmm. shoots out his all. He's pulling you into the chains. He's gonna eat you up. Like I think it's really cool that they're they're coming up with these creative ways and stuff. And I am constantly surprised um, that they keep coming up with these really cool ideas for the champions. Uh, that being said, as far as the actual like mechanics of it, this whole thing where you have to like shoot off all your legs and walk in a circle and stuff, like. I hope very much that the character is not balanced around you actually being able to shoot <laughs> all your legs off and, like, walk in a fat circle around someone because that is yeah. never going to happen.
2: So they said specifically they
0: do not expect you to get that yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. it may be a few. Be they fun. expect
2: yeah. a few of them, not all. of like, Well, also that,
0: it does, like, reduce it. damage when you hit them with more than one at once. So, like, it's yeah. not like a Fiora Grand Challenge or something mm-hmm. where you get this huge reward because all your legs have blown yeah. up or have been shotguns. I, I... You shoot off
1: the final <laughs> leg and nuke explodes. You win yeah. the game.
0: I do feel like when we talked about Kane of do we think this kit can fit in competitive? And we're like, yes, it has all these unique things that make it fit in competitive. I don't see the same thing with the Urgot kit as far as, like, unless he's a tremendously good lane bully in the top lane. Uh, I don't I don't see him bringing something, like, super special to a team that would force you to put him in competitive unless he's OP. So I, I
1: actually do see him as someone who could play top lane because even though Urgot top is not played consistently, there are matchups that people will play this and it's actually horrible to play against even current Urgot top. And if this is someone who, like... I'm looking at A, sick gank assist with the charge and the flip. Like, you have mm. slow with your Q. You can flip them in. Your alt, like, is slowing them. And and as far as, like, team fighting and stuff, like, it seems good engage. It seems like um, there's... You cannot, like, Tom Kench eat someone out of the Urgot alt. So if Urgot can build, like, this, like, bruisery build and kind of alt yeah. someone and you can burst them down, you cannot save that person unless you can kill off the Urgot. So, like, I see it as someone who, if his lane is strong enough, he could have, like, the engage and the power to actually do some team fighting. Uh, but I definitely do not see this as an ad carry i see this as a top laner who's going to be able to bully certain picks um and and maybe take over the game like through that style you know it's like you bully lane then you go to team fights
0: yeah i always like to wait and see until we get more details and, and yeah. actually it depends it. on yeah. the numbers and the scaling so of course of course bit. i mean one trend that we've obviously noticed with any major rework's and new champions is they'll usually be a point in time in which they have high enough numbers that we'll mm-hmm. see them in pro but uh, it's just a matter of will the kit fit overall it uh, probably better than the older Ergot. I think, uh, from what I'm saying. I am I, I have an affinity for the long skill names and the 34 syllables that come with their <laughs> but other than that, <laughs> I think Shotgun needs a little 34, better. okay. Yeah. There were two champions with more syllables in their skill names. Can you guess the two? No. you not even going to try. try? It's not you know. even a fun game. <laughs> Heimerding, <laughs> Heimerdinger and Jace. <laughs> uh, Heimerdinger cheats because he's got skills like H28, Evolution oh, yeah, Grenade or yeah. something, and then Jace has two forms and, like... Mm. mercury cannon stance or something is like one half of his ultimate anyway uh that's I, I it remember. let's okay. get to the rest of the patch. i had to follow that up because it, it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a cast with me and captain flowers and we never got to it okay <laughs> now the time right, Patch so. 714 what are you most excited to see i want to talk a bit about this because you guys have been uh-huh. triggering me because we you <laughs> weren't, <laughs> weren't allowing me you get
2: to go first We're you get your well, time set, this set, is your time to talk yeah, yeah set
0: the
1: stage for okay essentially we like we come in on these days, and we do not try to have the conversations about about the stuff like that we're going to talk about on the show. So it's like a first time through. Uh, but they kept saying, like I said, oh, I think seven fourteen is crazy. It's going to be this really big patch, right? It's going to be nuts. And they're like, nah, it's not that big. And then I started to respond, like, oh, save it for the show, save it for the show. And you they've said been doing this to like me the all day. Patch we're on the Steve. show now. Go. We're on the show. You're Here we go. Time! Here we go. Why is it, why is it such right, so a
0: I, I huge think, disruptive patch?
1: I think that a. Uh, the changes to the individual champions are actually, like, really big as far as, mm-hmm. like, like when you look at Garen, when you look at Cho'Gath, when you look at um, <laughs> Singe, Diana, like, all these things are, like, actual, like, massive uh, changes, like, almost near, like, little, like, uh, update levels of, of actual like, change to the characters. Um, but I also think that the lethality change, um, the fact that lethality, uh, Tarek is also another really big one. I think he's going to be huge. Um, but That's what I was going to talk about. The, the lethality change makes it so it's scaling up your level as opposed to the opponent's level. So for assassins mm-hmm. and stuff in the mid lane, I actually think this is absurd. Like, I think that it puts it at a level where as a solo laner, you are going to be so overleveled on people like supports where it's like, it's almost impossible to not one shot like the AD carry and the support and stuff. Like, because you have level advantage, like actually buffs lethality quite a lot. Like, you can get to a point where uh, you have like more lethality, like you're doing like true damage almost essentially with lethality runes. Like, I think that is really big. And I also think that Bramble Vest um, changes... Changes like the landscape of the game so much for tanks. Like when you look at so many of these matchups that tanks have just been trashing and top lane. Like, I like how you corrected can... yourself now to not the full thornmail, just the Bramble Vest. Right, I whatever. kept
2: correcting you to make sure that the small piece is Thornmail the big then. Game I'm gonna change changer. it back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay.
1: Anyway, like th- this item. So it's it's about the the tanks being able to apply right. Grievous Wounds, right? Like, when you look at Fiora, when you look at Riven, when you look at all these champions who can bully you through through Lifesteal, and it's like, it gets to a point where tanks cannot fight back. Um, and that's always this, like, this breakpoint that we talk about for a lot of split pushers. That may not exist anymore. Like, may, it may not get to the point where it's like, oh, they hit their three items, you have five, you lose anymore. So I think that as far as, like, actual, like, meta shifting, I think assassins could be much bigger. I think all these individual champions have a, change to have a, uh, a chance to have a huge resurgence. And yeah. tanks just from this one itemization change could be pushed heavily back into the meta.
0: Yeah, let's let's try and break it down so we're talking about like one or two things at a time. Yeah. The, the the main thing about me saying this wasn't like a huge patch is we've had like the Cinder Hulk patch last year, the lane swap well, patch we've had. Let's also clarify. Uh, Isaac Ruined said King. this is the biggest patch we have ever had. No, that's, that's, that's what we're that, <laughs> that
2: is literally the exact words besides, that you said.
1: I said besides any besides, cla- besides mid, class besides updates, updates or like or like uh, mid season or end end of season yeah. changes and stuff. I'm talking about like yeah. middle of the season think, random you know, patch. Yeah.
0: I think Cinder Hulk, Blade of the Rune King, and lane swaps are all more disruptive than this patch yeah. for sure. And I, so let's talk about Bramble Vest first. Um, I'm actually going to be on the anti-bramble best hype train based okay. on reading it, because yes, I think you can rush it, but I think the, uh, the long lasting effects will, are greatly overstated. Um, cloth armor plus cloth armor plus 300 gold, uh, is not actually a very gold efficient item based on the stats. Uh, it's like 77% yeah, it gold efficiency with cloth armor plus cloth armor for this for the armor it gives you. Um, and then you're basically paying 300 gold for 5 armor and the healing debuff, plus the 20 magic damage when someone hits you. Uh, I don't think that that's super, super rushable on as many people as we think it is. Kobe's looking like he disagrees. Kobe disagrees. He wants to rush it on every top lane melee champion? Because that's, that's theoretically the people who would build it. It Would either be a jungler who runs bottom lane? So, let
2: me give you some numbers, buddy.
0: Did you run them? Uh huh. Yeah. Some numbers. Let's
2: I do get. It. So, like you said, it's only two hundred gold for executioner's calling. Three hundred
0: gold. And and it's one second of healing. Two hundred. It costs nine hundred for the item. Cloth armor plus cloth armor plus three hundred gold. Then ring of protection. Seven hundred. What? It's
2: seven hundred gold worth of armor. The item costs nine hundred. Yeah. Okay, so 200 gold for Executioner's Calling, and, and 20 don't forget this magic damage that you're reflecting. Yep. Just for yeah. some context here, yeah, like what is if you're buying damage? an on-hit magic damage, which mm-hmm. would be for an attack speed person, that's the only thing I have because that's all we have in the game besides this, you know, getting hit thing. That's 25 gold per, per one. So this is... If it was on hit, if you're the one doing the hitting, yeah, to get this will be 500 gold worth of on hit damage right there. That's more than cost of yeah. vengeance. But you get three okay.
0: Executioner's Calling. So eight, just one second of dip- healing debuff is much different, different than three to eight. Because Morel and Omicron lasts for what? Like eight seconds and Executioner's Calling lasts for three? So one second is definitely going to be a lot less. It's free. But it's fr- you're saying basically the, the Grievous Wounds is free. Yeah, and then what is the value of grievous wounds in the early game for one second?
1: I think it's actually really high. I yes. think it's insane in top lane. So okay. like, there's... against so, there's, Renekton,
0: Fiora, against against almost Zach, anything, Mundo. against
1: Jace, against most NN, champions against, heal now. Like, Jace, what's yeah. he healing off of? The thing is, it's Doran's blade. Like even just your hmm. in, in even just your regen, like your actual HP per five, like. Health in top lane. That is why Doran Shield became so big. Like it's actually absurd how much of a difference it makes for champions okay. who are consistently harassing you. So as a tank, you sit there and you just get bopped. Like you just get hit. You just take it, right? Like they can actually lose trades now from
0: hitting you plus range minions. There's a point where you can actually like uh, I'm converted from the damage that you're gonna get, but the one second of healing debuff for to to reduce it, it, thorns blade healing that, by half—that's half, that's, that's like a total throwaway to me.
1: It, it, I think it actually makes a bigger difference than you think. Like over the course of like five minutes of laning, if they're hitting you consistently, I think it's actually like a significant amount of like health that is lost. Um, I, I'm not saying it's like you know thousands of health, but like a couple yeah, hundred like, health over like over like over your hit, though, right? yeah. But like if you're if you're there for like five minutes or whatever in lane and things like this, like I think it builds up a fair bit. Mm-hmm. And that's not even talking about the champions like like Aatrox or, or like Fiora or these p- the ones who have massive amounts of like of healing in their kids.
2: Yeah,
0: and it's it's, it's going to you know reduce I think it hurts champions like Fiora for sure because she gets a big health proc every time she hits a vital. Right? NHL I think talks, and people who by build her life <laughs> like <laughs>
2: yeah. The nurse of Fiora, I think, is what's gonna kill her, not this thing.
1: <laughs> this helps a lot though for tanks into Fiora. Like even with just this, I think you would have a chance later in the game against a Fiora. I'm talking about fighting. Did your you see the stuff.
2: actual nurse they're doing to her? Yeah. They're
1: big. Yeah, both of them are both like both of them are really big. Yeah, I think Fiora. Uh, I may not have to ban Fiora anymore. All
0: That'd right, let's yeah. let's try All to right. keep it organized. Bramble vest. Bramble vest. I'm. I accept you get converted. It prob- not not one hundred percent. Okay. You guys are saying it's super op. I say it's viable. Okay. So you moved. <laughs> yeah. You moved up though. Okay. I think, I, I, I think it's
1: comically op. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. Maybe I'll say. Slightly above average. I mean, yes. I hope we're not doing the whole EU <laughs> is going to smash anything. Slowly, slowly moving the needle here. Yeah, slowly moving the needle. I will convince you. It, it'll, it'll happen. I'm, I'm a skeptical. All right, person so power. we're done with Bramble back. Let's
2: move on because you did a bunch of them
0: and uh, the bundle uh, there is the, ill. I want to do lethality. Yeah, yeah.
2: I wanted a, us to respond to lethality because this is the one that I do think is a pretty big part of the patch. Uh, and I saw a couple of guys on the patch team say that it would be slight buffs for um, attack damage assassins, mm-hmm. but. Um as far as looking at the value of specifically for me Dustblade is so much better right now um, you know the increase in lethality, plus it being off your solo lane level, yeah. are very, very big in the effectiveness of that. The build path for this thing is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Why I would never build it on, you know, jungle champions. We the build path build is of long swords. Actually, yeah, it's actually amazing now, and especially that's important for assassins because sometimes you're against a control mage, you get pushed out. You know, you have to go back from your lane at really yeah. awkward times sometimes, and. Very rarely are you gonna be like, ah, I'm gonna get a BF sword right now. Anytime you can get CDR, like uh, CDR is like
1: such a sought after stat. Like it, the fact that it's a cheaper item to complete, the the build path is better, the CDR, like everything about this item is is pretty yeah. nuts. I, and
2: to me, this is like the clear winner, and I'm like mm-hmm. ready to crown it. Uh, I'm gonna buy one of these. You know, every over- time no, I have que- to play a over- laner.
1: That's what I was gonna say. How, how do you feel about lethality in these items for a jungler, right? Because the
2: jungler is not always yeah. as over leveled. I'm I'm already biased because I'm a Cinder Hulk uh, jungler basically. So yeah. I'll probably stick with mostly tanks. Uh, um, Hecrom, I would probably get the, the Ghost Blade still. But yeah, for, for the tank junglers, um, I mean, I'm still gonna, I still think jungling is optimal there. As you said, junglers are lower level, so it's not quite as good. I still think it is good. Like if you're playing Shaco or something, um, then I'll still get it on my Smurf or whatever. Uh, the other thing I though, I play I, Shaco on your main? It, Duskblade Rush? Until I get my Smurf up to, like, Diamond 1 or something? No. Uh, the the proc, though, on it as well is the last thing I want to mention for this. Because, as you said, mm-hmm. it's a cheaper overall item. And the Vision Denial and the damage proc to me are also extremely good on this item. So, you know, I think it's definitely going
0: places. Yeah, Pantheon is a champion that I see becoming a little bit... OP oh with these items because he's actually already a champion who's kind of sleeper OP in at least the solo queue world. In solo queue not
1: even sleeper OP. He's just OP. Uh, maybe no, this it's...
0: actually brings Pantheon into competitive,
1: right? Yeah. I mean, we uh... saw it once as a counter pick, and I think he he is very good as counter pick in a certain matchups. I don't think that, like, Pantheon, I think, is not a champion you really want to, like, just like blind pick but... and stuff. But I think as, as a counter pick, I think yeah. he, he could be in competitive for sure.
2: For him specifically, I already sent feedback
0: to the balanced team yeah. about it that he's probably an abuse case for this yeah uh, i, I i'm changes. excited for these because i think duskblade is an item we haven't seen before but at the same yeah. time if the excitement means this dude pops out of stealth and kills your level 4 ad carry because he's level 6 and you roam down i'm gonna be a little bit less excited because yeah. that's actually not a game style that i'm super excited to see
1: yeah so i mean that, that's basically like just talking about these like these are these are Things that I think can shift like the whole like the landscape of the meta and like the game itself like quite a bit for for a, a lot of champions right mm-hmm. like both as a playing for and playing against case so that's why I think this is such a big patch but that's not even getting into some of these individual champions like just some of the I mean I know you, said let, you, wanted to Taric, yeah, you let, want to talk about Tarek. yeah let Jack Taric, you choose uh, that. something
0: that I see interested in for this patch uh yeah I mean I'll just go into some of the actual champion changes right. I wanted to talk about Taric uh mainly because I think these buffs are pretty interesting specifically his Q going up to five charges and gaining a stack of Q every time you're getting an auto attack off in a world where melee supports are kind of coming back I think Tarek's going to be the best team fighter out of all of them and then if he also has better sustain I think it pushes him right into the meta.
1: And and even just early laning, like his his dazzle damage, his E damage went up like 40 at rank 1, which is actually very significant. Mm-hmm. Uh his heal does more and also scales off maximum health as opposed to bonus health. Yeah. That's going to be a lot more powerful. Dazzle like also gaining 40 damage at rank 1 is insane. means you
0: just have instant kill pressure in
1: the lane. Yeah. So you it's flash like flash E and then
0: the guy dies.
1: Yeah, like I actually think that uh Taric is going to be super strong. Um, as far as that but like some of these changes are nuts like looking at uh looking at garen like the actual the size of some of these changes so perseverance essentially is passive got a bit of a rework so instead of it scaling from two to four to ten at levels one eleven sixteen now at level one it's two percent per per five and then eight percent per five of maximum health at level eleven and then one of the big changes is when you're below 25 or or 50 percent health Uh, it actually doubles essentially how much regen you're getting. So not only you're getting essentially double the regen for laning trades, uh, and then you're, you're putting them in this world where you can do these really aggressive trades and then heal up. And then on top of that, so the E-Change the e doesn't really matter. It's like a tiny bit more AD scaling, but your W gives you a, a small burst of 60% damage yep. reduction and tenacity, 0.75 seconds. So that's small, but if you can use this well in a trade, like your trading in lane, I think, gets so much better, and your regen gets so much better. Like, if you cannot constantly stay on top of the Garen and actually, like, keep his passive off, I feel like Garen could actually be really good in a lot of lane matchups, because Garen actually can be somewhat oppressive in some melee matchups already, uh, this I think is is pretty nuts. And like just the size of, of changes like this, I think, can really change the game a lot. Like Singe is not something that I play, but like the fact that his W is now root, that's pretty crazy
2: too. I think Singe is way more important than Garen. That's uh, fair. Like Garen's not gonna change Singe? the way that the game is played. Garen no. is a very simple champion. No, no, no. He's not like gonna uh, change the way the game is played. The but biggest but... and most interesting thing to me about Singe is that the mega adhesive now is grounding. And that mm. is just so, so big of an improvement. Whenever you add utility like that, uh to this, to a type of champion like this, uh being able to use that even he has viability in team fight. He never had viability with the team. He was hundred percent split pusher all the time. Um Although so to now, be fair, not I only couldn't only
1: French and stuff, you actually could do like engagey type like team fight stuff more recently.
2: Not only now can you can you do the split push though, but you can catch up to people with the make adhesive. People can't flash out of it. Like hmm. he is having that one change is so big. Not to mention uh, the rest of the adjustments that they're trying to make yeah. it so that you can feel good about you know buying,
0: um, you know AP and stuff like that. I think I the make or break on singed is whether or not the math works out with the mannequin version versus all the other adjustments they did because he was pretty much the last the last dude who had. True, like stat conversion passives on him, and he end up getting way too tanky for building like glacial shrouds and random roa yep. stuff like that. With that gone, I think it does change the complexion of his tankiness a his, little bit. His but health, but I need to is see the way map, Right, if, if he's actually it's right here, <laughs> if, I, I see the numbers, but I can't tell if it's better or worse just yep. based off of the eye test right there. Right after running the numbers, I agree that if if he's basically. As strong and does as much damage without the conversion pass and with all the the things and is just the grounded. I think that would actually be enough to make Singed yeah. a powerful pick. I mean, he gains
1: seventy health at level one now, I mean, and, yeah. and his health is eight per level. And then like his passive, I think is actually insane. If you get within t- two hundred twenty-five range, you get twenty percent bonus move speed
0: for right. two
1: seconds. But and how that's...
0: much health did he get from like a Righteous Glory Roa build in the past? Yeah, I, I can't it, tell you exactly yeah. that. But
1: like, so it's basically you also, that conversion. You also happens. need to build less mana. That's part of the big thing is that you can build more pure tanky items. Because everything costs less, man. Yeah. You're making
2: everything sound insane, though. I don't think that everything is insane. I do think that the Singe buffs are. No, but th- big. these
1: are. My point is that these are not like. Ooh, singe you're saying gained- a lot of them singe- are disruptors. Exactly, Singe yeah. didn't just gain like ooh two damage on his Q or something like that. It's like oh, Singe is now a different champion. I wonder if he's. Yeah, good. it's
2: mostly the the Garen ones. I The Garen one un- I actually think is pretty big. <laughs> by,
0: I, it, it, you think we'll see Garen in pro? I think he'll be strong, but probably not, I don't think. I think, I think ever his solo
1: Q. I think he could yeah, be really he's good.
0: Just too simple of a champion. I yeah. think. I think Garen, I think he's definitely buffed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to play him. I always like playing Garen.
1: Yeah, the biggest things were just how I feel, uh, the like the Bramble Vest and Gobi, Bramble Vest, there you go. Uh, and uh, and the lethality changes, I think, just change. Because anytime you do itemization changes, it changes the landscape of the meta. It changes the game. It changes which champions can be effective, both as and against. So I think that's why yeah.
0: I think it's really big. But I think we're good to... Uh, to keep it moving now, are we? Or Yeah, do you guys talk I mean, about we didn't really get more? to play much solo queue. I have played Maokai because I think he's busted. Like, this is not in the patch, but if we're mm-hmm. talking about pro meta, I think Maokai's going into Our pro. solo queue yeah. experiences.
2: Yeah, we, we we got to play that
0: before we even went over yeah. uh, to Rift Ramos because we were all hyped up on Cinderhulks. Mm-hmm. No, it's really strong. Trying everybody out, yeah. I think we'll see pro junglers playing Maokai. Been... His jungle clear is fast, and his ganks are super good. Also because we told all the European junglers to start play playing Maokai! it. When we were like, over there, we were
2: Mike Young played it as well on stream, so there you go. That's the seal of it's approval. Basically, meta.
1: I've actually been playing it some top as well, and it actually seems really strong top. Like, so yeah, there's still gonna be
0: matchups that you don't. Bramble Vest is actually gonna hurt him a lot. Yeah, it, it could honestly, because if it's if it applies on the first auto attack, mm-hmm. which I'm not. Could, the whole point of it is. Do that you know if Bramble Vest yeah. on the first hit it reduces? The whole point of it yeah. is that. So, the Maokai late-game healing is like 700 per auto attack. And a lot of times, is if you're peeling, you're peeling a tank who's going to have a Bramble Vest for the most yeah. part. If it is an OP item, that'll actually your Maokai.
1: That's fair. That could definitely be a, a pretty big difference. But I also think his like his late-game case of against AD carries and stuff, that can be pretty strong. And there's mm-hmm. some matchups where he can abuse it pretty heavily in lane. Yeah. Um, but this is a champion that just keeps getting buffed because no one wanted to play him since the rework. And sometimes I, I feel like... So if, it, if a rework or whatever, people just like deem it crap, uh, mm-hmm. whether it is or not you have to do so much to get it back into the meta because people will not try a champion again. They play Maokai once, so like, all right, ultimate is trash, champion sucks, never playing him again. And and yeah, so sometimes like these old. champions get buffed, I think over-buffed, and I think that Maokai, Maokai is, is approaching that, that level. Like, I actually think his... His engages are really good. Like, when you get a Righteous Gora on this guy, you can just, like, roam and throw your ult over a wall, and you're essentially, like, zoning them a, either away from it or into it, right? Like, you can mm-hmm. come behind, and they have to run into this thing. Yeah. Or they can run away from you, and they run to this route. Like, it goes up to, like, I think it's 2.5 seconds or something. I like throwing something.
0: it sideways as you're sieging a turret. Yeah. Right? Because that just cuts off the turret for them as safe terrain. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I think he, cool. he's going to be good. Yeah.
2: I also was playing Hecram still, and uh, now that the Ghost Blade was changed to have even more out of combat move speed, uh, I might try that. But I think if I'm going to try one of the Lethality items, I'm going to build somebody around Dust Blade as well for solo queue. So definitely expect to see a lot of more of those in solo queue.
1: You guys been playing anything else? Any any new picks you think uh, are gonna be good besides that? Or are you still on pretty much just you the You just talk me tanks? into Garen, so <laughs>
0: <I'm bringing laughs> Garen all he's jungle. thinking. Now is I'm actually, spinning around. I'm actually all the pretty time.
1: excited to try a lot of the, a lot of these new ones uh, later today. A champion,
0: I can play now. in the top lane. I gotta be
2: honest. I saw a bunch of changes to Garen. And I was like, boring champion. I'm not even reading those. <laughs> those are big buffs. Those are <laughs> big buffs. They dude. are big, man. Yeah. I know that anyway. they're big buffs, but unless you change the way that you play that character, yeah. I'm not gonna play wait, that character. I'll convert you, Kobe. I'm not going to play that character. So, here's a really This actually brings up a topic I kind of wanted to touch on and I forgot because you were talking so long. Because okay. <laughs> okay. you're talking about how um when they buff champions into viability basically they haven't, you know, nobody plays X champion. Yep. Uh if nobody plays X champion because it's not a very fun champion to play. My problem with that style of buffing and buffing and buffing it until people play it is that okay, eventually people are going to play as champion because they like to win but they're not going to like playing the champion, and it's just going to be overly buffed. Like, that's a very... Yeah, I mean, you have to, you have make to the be very cautious champion
0: that as well. Yeah, right? you can't yeah.
2: just, like, ah, nobody's playing... Uh, Garen is a pretty good example. I don't want to you know, call out names, but, like, nobody's playing X-Champion, uh, and then buff them all the way up to yeah so the winners want to play him
1: yeah I agree and I mean this it's not like an ideal way to do it but it's also one of the things where sometimes a a champion just like falls to the wayside so hard right like like even even if they are fun like bard I think is an example where I think it was done it was it was cool that it happened because bard came out and it was so trash it was like thirty something percent win rate people try like This champion sucks. I don't want to play it. And Bard player went down the dumpster. And like this champion got a bunch of buffs. It starts to come back in and it's super fun. And you can then like appropriately balance it and you can reintroduce it. Yeah, I agree with like with some of those champions, but I mean I I feel the same about Nunu and you guys are all about that. Like that champion is that champion is just an I wanna win. That's not a fun champion.
2: This is the other thing I was gonna say, is that also people enjoy different champions. Yeah. So there's a bunch of people that do enjoy like Jet, yep, playing Garen, and loves super fun style. So. I used to love old Gangplank.
1: I was actually really sad when they did the rework. I actually don't like a new Gangplank at all. Even though I, he's, a, he's a more cool champion, I, I understand he's more skillful, <laughs> but can you stand in a bush at level yeah. one and cheese him? Exactly. No, you if cannot. Garen
0: suddenly had skill shots, it would be a whole different experience. Yeah. Anyway, it's time to move on finally to North American LCS. We said we'd get to it. Uh, Rift Rivals teams versus non-Rift Rivals teams: advantages or disadvantages of going to Rift Rivals, and how it's going to impact them. I think the first team we should talk about is Phoenix One, because they went four and two in the group stage of Rift Rivals, and they are three and seven in the North American LCS. Uh, plus, they play TSM first up back. So, what are we expecting? Aren't from they like
1: Phoenix three one? and two though, since they got Mike Young, something I think like three that? And three. Three, three and three. Okay, so like so it's like you know they're they've been on an upswing. To be fair, uh, I actually say that going Rift Rivals is a disadvantage. I I think that uh the lost scrims and stuff from going there as far as like travel days and jet lag and this sort of stuff i actually think that um the teams that did not go will have more of a jump on the patch so like it doesn't mean that TSM is going to suck or something but like i would actually give the edge to clg who just gets to chill at home have way more scrims they have their scrim partners and and just really heavily prepare for this uh next week because even if you say i'm just going to treat riff rivals as a scrim week uh, the fans will not. So you have to you have to take it more seriously, right? Like double talked mm-hmm. about he felt way more pressure playing there than he did even yep. for NALCS.
2: Exactly, and I do agree with all the points. Like yes, traveling over there sucked. It sucked for us, like, even like yeah. Uh, the short turnaround times, the jet lag, mm-hmm. the sickness, all those things are definitely takeaways, and that's like a cost to going to rift rivals. I do think that. Both TSM and Phoenix One did improve over there, though. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And and to the point of like, oh, even if you treat it like scrims over there, I think it was, you know, even beneficial to kind of change up the mentality, right? Confidence you, wise. If you're in, good. yeah. If you're in the same, you know, system basically every single week, and you're just used to okay scrims now, okay LCS now, okay scrims now, uh, yeah. Like injecting some extra hyper competitiveness and a, an intense week like that into your practice can definitely, you know, change the way a team plays and it looks like it has for the better for some of the teams that went over there. So, yeah. even though there are all these costs, uh there are actually some some definite benefits. That being said, uh people are going to bring up the arguments of European teams didn't even provide that good
0: uh, Basically oh, what you were trying to earn beforehand, <laughs> and Phoenix won. I mean, European teams, like if they're scrimming, challenger teams, clearly. Yeah, they said it was going to be CNN a lose, lose, lose for Europe lose, lose going for into NA. this. There's nothing they possibly gain from this, aside from the respect <laughs> of their peers and Europe in general. Anyway, uh, I want to double down on that. Phoenix won, I think they're going to gain, I think they gained a lot of confidence from that. And I think that's incredibly important to that because we should never underestimate how hard it is to lose as a pro team and how hard, right, hard on you to lose and how that puts you into a negative spiral. And they hadn't turned it around in NA yet, and they did turn around in EU. So I feel like now their expectations of themselves are way higher, and we're kind of going to have to see that play out. But I think for them, it's a positive experience because they got – all of that exposure mm-hmm. they got all that ex- extra experience for even like playing with Mikey on special who they only had a few weeks with and the intensity of the games even though it's not the same type of learning you'd have in practice it's mainly just the execution of the things he practiced but they showed how much they have grown and i think that'll that'll i I have a hard time imagining them not, them not making playoffs at yeah. this point, even though they only have three wins and they still have to play TSM. I
1: think I think the loser out of the three is certainly C9 because TSM won, so that that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, P1 got a lot of recognition, performed well. C9 did the worst of the three teams. Uh, I know like Sneaky and a, a lot of their players sick. are super sick; like they can't even talk yeah. still. Apparently, like they haven't got their voices back, so like they're really sick. So they're probably gonna be on a downtrend. My question for you guys is: like, given the pros and the cons and stuff, who comes out on top? Right? Like, who is now? The best team coming in into into the next week
0: is it CLG? Is it TSM? TSM, I think, I think it's TSM. Based on that, they they crushed Europe. They had already beaten uh, didn't they beat they Immortals? Beat they beat Immortals coming in. and They beaten CLG a few times. So I think TSM kind of are the favorites. I did want to say one more thing though about like C9 getting sick and how they come out the weakest of that. There is something to learning how to deal with international travel. Yeah, uh, contracts. I believe this was his first international event and his first time traveling internationally, or even playing on like that high pressure of a stage. So, well, like, played really well. Go, he, going stood out. he went to Canada, I guess. If that does that yeah. count? Yeah, enough? that you counts. Guys, but I, I mean, <laughs> no, I don't count that. I feel like it's an, it's his first intercontinental event. The contracts I'll, was great, though. I'll just it. as an aside. Contracts played was, great.
1: He actually was really um,
0: good. But like we complained about our turnaround or whatever for that. We left Monday. We landed Tuesday. We started casting Wednesday. But I felt like I was able to do it because i've traveled internationally so many times before i know when to sleep i know when to caffeinate to stay up i know when to you know take melatonin to try and go in bed to sleep better and i have improved my ability to perform during international travel and c9 like messed that up and they're going to feel terrible and they're going to lose more games when they come back to be be fair i think that that experience can help
1: experience helps a lot i agree with you there but also to be fair My level of stress when I'm going to cast an international event versus my level of stress when I was going to play at like BlizzCon or something is like so different, (laughs) like astronomically different. I'm not like laying awake thinking I'm like my whole year is gone if I lose you know what yeah. I mean like but like the first time you had to travel to Europe to play yeah, it was way worse versus the fifth I, time I agree completely I yeah. agree completely with that point but I also just think that there's always so much more stress uh, for the players than I think for the casters you know yes there's pressure to like do a, have a good cast and things like this and you can get criticism oh, yeah. or whatever um, but I think it's a much different level than than the players have Wait, like, I sleep
0: easy like, now that I'm a caster and not yeah playing. I don't that's, think big anyone's yeah. Argue so
1: with that, that's all I'm saying yeah. is that's like you could you could be experienced but you still be stressed out of your mind and not
0: I don't think anyone's
2: even <laughs> making that point or going to argue with yeah. you on that one. What I'm saying is, I
1: mean, you could be on your 100th international tournament and still have a sleepless night because you're stressed.
2: Yeah. yeah. Also, right. like, uh, you know, Sneaky was one of the guys that got super sick, and, you know, too bad for him. There's nothing to learn. Like, don't get sick. Yeah, He's, sucks. he's been at international events, a, a ton of inter- he
0: international was, yeah. events. And it's just like, five you know, make you know, more vitamin C. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep better, don't shake hands. Uh I mean, let's just preview Phoenix 1-TSM for the end of the NA LCS, Oh, bro. baby.
2: Who will win? This is actually the finals of
0: Rift Rivals. Yeah, the two best teams. <laughs> this should have been the finals. Just redo the tournament, right? It's NA versus NA in the European studio. it be super hype. Yeah, TSM was 5-1 in groups. Phoenix 1 was 4-2 and two in groups.
1: They I still, I still say finals. TSM. My, my question, uh, like, I think TSM wins. I think that they looked like a, a more complete team. And I think that when you looked at, at their losses, um... P1 P1, both their losses, I want to say, were to Fnatic. And they actually felt like they, like, should lose those games. I think when I look at uh, TSM's one loss, it was to UOL. That was a game that they were quite ahead. Yes, maybe they got outscaled and stuff, but it was off of, like, one really great team fight from UOL. Like, I just felt like TSM looked like the most complete team throughout the whole tournament. Um, I think that they looked the best coming out of group stage. They looked incredible in the finals. I think they are the stronger team right now. Uh, My question is kind of, does, like... So people are super hyped on on Phoenix 1 right now, right? Like, Mm -hmm. does that hype just go away if they just get slammed by TSM and go, like, (laughs) 0-2 this week? The
0: hype only goes away if they bench Mike Young forever. (laughs) Yeah, If Mike Young plays, it's here. I actually (laughs) think they've built up enough – they have enough hype in the bank that they can spend some of it and go (laughs) 0-2 this week. They can have a night out on town. good old hype hype. It's just if they lose, you know, like four matches in a row, I feel like it would die. I think they're actually – fully capable of making an excuse for an no 0-2 week. They have to play TSM, they're jet Any Anything again. that comes back. Yeah, any team that comes back gets the first week, but it's after that that they're going to start uh, losing their hype and they're going to spend all their hype bank. Yeah, I'm actually more excited to see both of those two teams play against the other North
2: American LCS teams yep. than even play against each other, because as you said, I think pretty much everybody is favoring TSM in, in whatever match they would have right now. I'm super curious to see CLG, um, Me too. Immortals, you know these these. And this top, is the first yeah. time. Seven thirteen. Yeah, these other top teams. Get a crack at the guys that went to Rift Rivals, and
1: and on the new patch, yeah. right? Like I, I kind of that slipped my mind. The seven thirteen was the first time we saw that at Rift Rivals. Slip your
2: mind yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's seven fourteen, Kobe, <laughs> yeah. get it correct, bro. Uh, but I, you know, maybe maybe some of these teams have repaired some of the stuff, right? Like we talked about Maokai jungle and stuff. You know, maybe yeah. Smithy has been plugging away practicing that Maokai jungle or his Nunu or whatever. Like the tank junglers, um, they get more time to actually like, think through the meta and have had a like essentially two weeks almost now of scrims on this patch uh, to be able to show us what they think is the best. So it actually could be much different, from theoretically, from what we've seen at Rift Rivals, and maybe they are a step ahead, right? Like, that's something that we'll have to find out, which would be really cool.
0: I'm hoping it changes a little bit. And before we get into Twitter questions, I want to give us one last chance. We didn't do much of it in Europe. Uh, How do you want to gloat? About Na's victory. Oh man,
2: I'm taking the high road.
0: You can, guys can do whatever yeah. you want. I'm, it's going to be I'm, the same as when you're on an analyst desk with a bunch of sad the high Well, I already, I already burned, I already got some burnt <laughs> in there. Yeah, anyway, he, so. he's already got us. We <laughs> don't get many wins, so I feel like it's important to revel in the All right, glory I'm, I'm, for a small, I'm, I'm small first, amount go. of time.
1: first, go. I mean, I, I don't really think I need to say anything. I think they proved it for us, right? Like it. It's one of those things where I would want to glow if people were still debating it. Everyone has just accepted that it NA is greater of, than the EU.
0: Kind of are though. Like they're making excuses and stuff. All right, go Jet. Yeah, I, I just wanted to see if you guys had anything else. Like I, I am happy. I'm actually just really happy with the performance of the North American teams. But the problem for me is we've been happy before, and it totally backfired. There's been so been many times. Before. Exactly. There's been so many times where we've seen NA as this team that can do great things. It happened last year after CLG finished second at MSI. It's just the check-in point was Worlds, not Rift Rivals. So uh, I feel like this is just another one of those check-in points, and mm-hmm. hopefully it's closer to Worlds. It'll happen again. But I want to actually feel revealed until we get, like, multiple teams out of group stages at Worlds. Sweet. Twitter questions. Let's go. Uh, we got David Peterly.
1: He's been like a regular. for Paterly. I think it's, it's Peterly. Okay. Uh, this one I'm going with. You're the expert.
2: You guys go back and forth yeah. on his name every single time too. <laughs> My boy David is cool with it,
1: okay? Yeah. He keeps David sending David in the David questions. B. Yeah, Um. Anyway, at what point will all have too many champions in relation to balance, band system, complexity, uh, viability, comp- design,
2: et cetera? So uh, this is yeah, a pretty complex question. What do you think? Yeah, it is, because like, especially to me, even the, the first problem would come up, uh, our game as far as functioning with new players, because it's m- a, more of an issue with new players rather than competitive, mm. uh, you know, having that many champions. So I think that the team across the street would come up with that problem first Yeah, as far as the general player base and new players and, you know, how to get around continually adding champions like this. Uh, before we had had a problem with competitive, because competitive, it's your job, you play all the time, like, everybody has had mm-hmm. every single rune and every single champion for years now, so...
0: Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about competitive viability, I think it it's a really unique question, and I feel like we're really close to, to the max, if not over it, right? Because, uh, I, and it depends what type of game we want to see. You could have 300 champions and still have a healthy competitive game, as long as no option is, like, overpowered to each other. But the way I see it is... Uh, have you guys seen like the champion subclasses where you have like two different types of tanks, like Mm -hmm. Wardens and Vanguards or like two different types of mages? So you we're at this point now where we're kind of bucketing champions. Oh, I want a physical damage, split pushing top laner. How many of those are there, right? And if we're in these buckets where there's like two or three, then that doesn't necessarily affect the competitive viability in the current ban system because if you want to stop that strategy from happening, you can actually ban it. But if we get to a point where you say, I want a physical top, like split pushing the top, and there's twelve of them, yeah. right? And every bucket is that big. Then bands no longer matter because there's too many similar bucketed champions in a in a system. They do if you have fifty bands, right? And then that's just dumb. Can't wait for the fifty <laughs> band that system. That would yeah. be great. I can't wait for the fifty band system. Hour <laughs> anyway, three of the bands. <laughs> yeah. Currently, I feel like the buckets aren't actually that big. Uh, and we have uh, counter picks that exist within a lot of those buckets. So in that sense, we're in a pretty healthy system right now, and I think we can still go up a little bit. Ban a whole bucket, then you there got, you go. You got a three bucket. bucket band. Yeah. you get bucket bans. Yeah. I will ban, ban the assassin bucket. They're grouped. They're range grouped. Range that aliens.
2: or you can you can ban out like Ionians or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> by lore
1: the lore. Yeah. All right, that's great. But ban uh, out countries. <laughs> the only thing I will say is I I don't think we're ever like I mean I don't actually know right, but like yeah. the way I see it is. It's going to be shifted over time, probably less towards new champions and more towards reworking and fixing the champions that we already have as they have kind of done, right? Because you can get to a point where all the champions are really cool and that'd be great, but you want one more point? Well, I mean,
2: that just brings up more questions of, like, uh, you know, the business model for the actual game Then where where does that go? Because new champions is a big part of it. Yeah. And you can't, I don't know if you could rely purely on cosmetics and not release new champions. New champions will probably
1: always come out, right? Uh, anyway, next question is from uh, Edward Jerry, the Fantasy G, he asked, looking back at NA's performance over travels, do you think P1 could bring, oh, we already kind of talked about that one. Uh, think uh, yes, can bring I the think they can bring in. the
0: momentum back. All right. uh, C9 and TSM did not get extra practice, though, uh, as the end of that question. But, yeah, we pretty much covered that. Next one, Mr. Ekshun, uh, what do you think best determines a team's skill, full build team fight or closing a game before 30 minutes? I mean that, that's
1: it, That's like a really hard question because I think that there, there are different can be different skill sets, right? Like, uh, I think that being able to close a game pre thirty minutes is more impressive. I think that is a more difficult thing to do than it is to actually just win a team fight. Um, you know, at, at the end of the game, like full build. Uh, yes, those team fights do require a lot of skill and stuff too. But I think that there's so many more like correct decisions you have to make to like ho- close out a game really fast than there are to just win the one team fight late game.
2: Yeah, I mean those they're all they're just different skills within yeah. the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the skills that do contribute to you destroying the nexus. Like that's the same problem I had with like using tiebreaker rules as times for people's wins. Mm-hmm. Some strategies obviously built around lane dominant champions things, winning the early game yeah. and then That is a very important skill to have to be able to end that game early and continue your snowball and not lose a team fight to the scaling team. And then it makes the job super easy for the scaling team or whatever. Anyways, those, those different scenarios. I mean,
0: if you're trying to classify teams from a spectrum of like fast teams to scaling teams... SKT, I think, falls on the scaling team spectrum and they're the mm-hmm. greatest team of all time. So I, I really don't think closing a game pre-30 minutes is like a great indicator of a team skill, but it's Can. more about like how they play the map and how they play specifically to the win conditions of their team composition, which is the big thing. Uh, last question from Frederick White. Do you guys think the game should be balanced more around pro play or normal player base?
1: I think this is one of those things where it ha- has to be a mix, right? Like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I could be a purist and I should be like, it should be 100% about pro play, but if everyone stops playing in the game, pro play doesn't happen anymore. You have to actually, like, have it at a place where some champions are, they're, they're tuning things that are, are more towards pro play, but ideally it should always be a mix right like if something is dominating in pro play but it's not as good in solo queue you want to find a way to balance it that is attacking the specific thing that is pros are utilizing more than the average player
0: is utilizing yeah i actually really like the current strategy that the balance team does where they balance for both and they attack the outliers yeah so if there's a champion that's super super good and competitive and the kit really fits that it's basically just bad for the majority of the player base, but then there's still 127 other champions. The meta play. feels
1: pretty damn good right now, yeah. I think.
0: Yeah. Until Bramble that And I,
2: that's one positive. <laughs> <laughs> that's one positive of having so many champions. We can have champions that will never see the light of competitive play. Uh, you know, Amumu has not been played in competitive in years, yet it's always so good for the majority of the player oh, like base 53% these, win rate these more simplistic champions that are talking about that's why garen and stuff like this exists those are my champions um, and
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's like those this are my is people what I love and, uh,
2: on the other side there are ones that are pick banned 100% in competitive mm-hmm. yet are like 35% win rise. rate for most people like the old Azir, you know rise rise those is like 40% types of
1: win rate in Soul queue it still gets picked i think that champion sucks
2: yeah i mean i think it's bad and competitive at this point but that's a totally <laughs> different discussion it's important to have a spectrum so that when 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 I watch a pro game, I can see somebody perform an amazing feat that Mm -hmm. I can't perform and be like, I want to get I want to get to that level. Exactly. And that's why I think it's also really
1: cool to have a varying complexity of champions, right? Because it's like what I just said
2: (laughs) awesome.
0: Thank you guys very much for the question. That does it for this week's episode of The Dive. Uh, make sure you can check us out on YouTube. We're also on SoundCloud, iTunes, a bunch of other SoundCloud, uh, like, podcasts. I heard pod- we're podcasts. on Spotify UK oh, or something. I heard that. We we're in there. In that's, the number, that's, that's one. Not the to US one, it? but UK or something. To find it, I found, like, if I look for it on iTunes, search The Dive LOL uh, yeah. is the big thing, because that's our hashtag. That's how we're identified on all these platforms. And we'll probably be there if you just search for it. Probably, yeah, maybe, perhaps.
1: <laughs> also, keep sending us questions on Twitter. Otherwise, our producers are gonna have to come up with them, and our producers suck. So uh, make they sure. They come up you with keep this keep or that slides every week. I feel like they're fine. No, so we
0: don't want to overburden nice. them, right? Mm, yeah. Keep too too them much focused. focused. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, remember, NALCS will be back in business this Friday, 3 p.m. Pacific time. Counter Logic Gaming takes on Black Let's go. Let's go.